Coming to you from a super secret lair somewhere in the United States, it's time for Clownfish Radio. Covering comics, movies, TV, games, and nerd culture. This podcast is like a veritable pinata of geekiness. So get your ball bats ready and assume your favorite position. Buckle up, buttercup. Clownfish Radio is on the air. Ready or not, here they come. Here are your hosts, Tom and Cambria Pratt. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Tom Pratt, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Cambria Pratt. That's me. I did remember your name today. You're doing better than usual. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks. We've been incredibly busy, and then with the holidays and everything, it's just been been a zoo. Well, plus we're switching. We are switching hosts, and and this podcast actually may be on that new host. Right, so we didn't want to put anything up and then have to keep switching. Yeah, it's too confusing. But uh, anyway, we're going to talk about uh, fan projects, fan-funded projects, uh, specifically one that that, uh, came up in the last couple weeks, a a Star Trek fan film. Yeah, it's not been a couple weeks. It's been going on for a couple years, I guess. But yeah, it's this Axanar, and it was a Star Trek um, fan. It was like a four-part movie, so I guess it's kind of like a show-slash-movie. And... um, they were doing it did, uh, two Kickstarters and Indiegogo, and I guess that is, I did a blog on it. And according to like IO9 and um, Hollywood Reporter, that CBS and Paramount seemed to be okay with it, and even met with the director a few times. And then on Christmas they on went, Christmas on Christmas, which you'd think it would be closed, the courts would be closed on Christmas. Um, they got an injunction, and they might have they might be suing for damages. Oh wow. Okay, so, that's, that's crazy. Basically, what happened with this Axanar was they did a Kickstarter for something called Prelude to Axanar. Okay. And it got about 101000 And what they were doing with that money was they were doing a 20-minute little, you know, here's here's like an intro to what mm-hmm. we're going to do a show about. And that one was, like I think, in 2014, I want to say. Okay. Um, and then they turned around and did another Kickstarter... And they got six hundred, almost six hundred forty thousand. It was like six hundred thirty-eight something, and they were going to use that money, and they did use that money to go get a soundstage or warehouse and mm. convert it into a soundstage and started building sets in the soundstage. So that money's gone for that okay. Kickstarter. <laughs> and then they did an Indiegogo, and the Indiegogo had raised um, about five hundred seventy thousand dollars. Oh, wow. So, all combined, they're talking like over a million dollars for these fan film. Yeah, and I think, you know, that might be the issue because at what at what point do you stop calling it a fan film? Because that's a professional budget. That's, well, that's what they're saying. I think that's the problem. They, are, they, they said that they were okay with it. They're okay with non-profit fan films. But then they... they, they well, they used the money and bought, got themselves a studio name, so they could do they can go on to do other studio things. Right. So it's not just this project, but um, it, 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 when they started hitting the, these numbers, they kind of like said, "No, no, wait a minute," and put the brakes on it. Yeah, I think that. I mean, something similar happened um, a few years ago with uh, Square Enix, the creators of Final Fantasy. 
uh, some folks wanted to do uh, Final Fantasy web films online, and I guess they had sort of the go-ahead from Square to do it, and then uh, once they hit like a certain dollar amount on Kickstarter, Square uh, sent a, a cease and desist to Kickstarter and had them pull it. And I think they had a mu- music project out there too. Yeah, I remember there was a music project. They were going to do a fan album or something like that, and something similar happened where they were on board until they hit a certain dollar amount, and then it's then almost it's like not a fan production anymore. Right. Well, I guess with this one too, they said they were actually hiring people that worked on the other Star Trek shows. Mm. And they had, I know they had somebody that was, I think, on the on Agents of Shield that was one of the set builders, was helping them build sets, and and oh, the wow. act, the actors that were in it. If you see them, you've seen them in other things, right? Like the actors that are. So if you look it up and you see the actors, you've seen them in other things. So they were actually professional actors, and it, and, and honestly, I saw a part of the Prelude um, video, and it was not bad. It was pretty good. So it's sort of like you know what what point you. Where do you draw the line? Like, when is it no longer a fan film? When you're hiring professional actors, you're building sets and stages and setting up a studio. Um, well, that and then here's the next question. What do you do? You've gotten an injunction. Mm-hmm. They most likely will shut you down, but you've already spent all the money that you've raised. So how do you refund the backers? I don't know because I don't know if Kickstarter's ever been in a situation like that before. I know that now you cannot not fulfill. You just, yeah, that's, that's they, they've changed the rules. It was about a year ago where they, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what would happen if you couldn't. I mean, if you'd already had all the money sunk into it, I have no idea. I don't know either. So I think that's going to be interesting to see what happens. But here, I mean, I do like a blog post on it. You can go to shadowbinders.com and, and see the blog post on there. And I pull in from other sources that were talking about it with some more information. You can look at it. And it is um, it is interesting. I'm not sure. Because here's the thing. It's not your IP. Yeah. Well, that, that that's really you know, the, the whole point of this podcast is, you know, what point, you know, does a company have a right to come in and say, Hey, we appreciate that you like our stuff, but stop making stuff and selling it and making movies and selling them. And, you know, uh, I I think it's been a really tricky balancing act, especially the last couple of years. I mean, this comes up, especially in comics blogs all the time about artist alley. And well, I think the difference in artist alley is you're not making a million dollars. Well, some people who are well, that's true. Pr- pr- mass producing prints and sketchbooks yeah, and stuff, they're making good on money. Patreon or how you pronounce it, I always say Patreon, that are getting like $40,000 twice a month to do fan art. And I don't know yeah. how they're getting away with that because I, I'm surprised Disney hasn't put the kibosh on uh, that. They yet. probably don't know about it. I mean, I really, that's, that's, well, you'd be surprised. I mean, I think a lot of it and uh, comes down to how much are they going to spend in legal fees to chase. Well, when you're making that kind of money, I think it's worth When it's a sizable amount of money, yeah. Um, if it's brand damaging, that's that's a, you know, I mean... What, what, well, see, in this case, I think it's more a matter of the fact that it was looking better than some of the things they've been doing. Yeah. And, and, they're, and well, they're doing a, another show. Yeah. They're doing a Star Trek show that, that they, it's an officially sanctioned one coming. Mm-hmm. And you have this one getting all this attention. And I guess the reason they said about damages was because they're actually using... You know, the Federation of Planets logo, they're using the ships, like the designs of the ships are definitely Klingon and, Mm. you know, uh, Federation ships. And they're using different phasers and things like that that are clearly taken from the IP and they're trying to say that's damaging to them. Well, I think it is, especially if you 
you know, you're 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 producing something of professional caliber alongside you know Paramount's own efforts to produce something, and it would be confusing, I think, to the public. And that's probably what their argument is: is like it's too if, good. Yeah, it's too good. If this if this looked like something that you filmed in the backyard with you know your your cousin, your uncle, and some cardboard props, you know, on your iPhone or something, I don't think they're going to care. But when you're actually building a soundstage and all they, this, and stuff, they have sets. Well, it kind of reminds me of I was doing pillows once. I'm not going to say what the they were of. And I got it. Had to get mine taken down because they were they flat out said they were too good. Yeah, because yeah. they were they were close to people who were producing the plush and and mine were first, and they still said they said it taken down. Well, yeah, because then then we found a very similar product for sale legitimately in the stores a but few months mine later. Was first so by a couple of years, but that's beside the point. Um, so when it becomes a problem to them, they're going to shut you down. I just it's just interesting because. You know where can fans go? Uh, but, but honestly, because be honest here, it's not your IP. <laughs> no, it's not, and that's. I mean, it's a, a risk that you run. I mean, anytime you start playing with other people's toys, I mean, and I, I run into this. You know, I've had this argument with with many other you know comics creators online, and uh, there are some folks who are incredibly, incredibly talented, but all they do are you know like pinups of other people's stuff, and I'm like. I'm not going to tell you, like, from a moral standpoint, don't do that. That's not where I'm coming from. What I'm telling you is, at any point in time, the rights holder could come to you and say, you're no, done. You're, you're done. done. Yeah. And that's if your it. business model is based on other people's stuff, that's really risky. Right. And the thing is, like like Thomas saying about this, I think, you know, when it gets that it's making too much money yeah. and that it looks too much like the source material and it's too original, or it looks too good, like too professional when there's no distinction between the fan art and the official product then there's a problem i think that's what happened with the uh the square enix film too because uh it was a final fantasy 7 web series web it? series but yeah. they're actually i don't think they would have cared except they're they're rebooting final fantasy 7 they're coming out with a remake right, of final that's, fantasy well, 7 well that's that's a thing too on both of these yeah. oh look oh we don't care until suddenly we decide we're gonna do a we want to do it oh there's interest in that We've been playing this the whole time. And they can they can pull that card anytime they want to. I mean, they can say they can even use these Kickstarter product projects to to gauge interest. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're like, like, well, oh, wow, there's a lot of interest. In this. Oh, we were actually playing this. We just didn't tell you. Right. So you have to stop now. And I just feel bad because I guess they, the, the person that was doing this met with the people a few times at the, you know, to mm -hmm. make sure it was OK with them. And it was fine, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're done. Well, unless you have a signed document, and just because it's okay with some... I mean, when you're dealing with a large entertainment corporation like Paramount or Disney well, or whoever, I mean... Guard changes, they could change their mind. Yeah, I mean, that that's true, well, that's too. That's that with Star Wars, because didn't Lucas have, like, a, a set guideline that as long as you fall within these things, I don't care if you do things that are Star Wars related? And yeah. then when that changed to Disney, that was out the door. I believe, yeah, I believe Disney really put the kibosh on that. But I, I know George Lucas himself, uh, when he was running Star Wars, they, they even made a lot of the assets available to fans, the sound effects and, and, and right. special effects and stuff like that for fan films. I don't know what Disney's stance is. I haven't really kept up with that. But uh, I'm going to say they're probably a lot more territorial than, than George Lucas would have been. I'm wondering if there was just, if people would have these IPs there, if they would have guidelines set, you know, either like, you know, I'm okay with this, this, and this. And I guess in the past... They said that they're fine with fan films and and um, they do a lot for fundraising. Yeah, and they were fine with it. I think it's just when it started making a lot of money and it was money was going to necessary things to make the film, like having a soundstage. But they also kind of set up their own uh, 
film company and all that. And I think they're kind of like, now, wait a minute. You're you know? using RIP to basically set up to a get your competitor. Money to, yeah, to get your own money yeah. to set your own studio yeah, up. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from. I think, uh, you know, the fact that they thought they had permission to do it and then they had the rug pulled out from underneath that's them. That's what happened with that webisodes, too. Yeah. And, you, well, yeah, because they actually had an article uh on the gaming sites, and this is going back, this is like two years ago, but they, they said that, you know, they'd gotten a kind of a soft yes from, from Square to go ahead and do it, and then all of a sudden, Here's you know, the thing. I think with anything, soft yes isn't good enough. You have to have it a in signed writing. document. Exactly. Yeah. You need to have writing, because anybody can say anything and change their mind and, and then say, oh, I didn't say that, or you misunderstood what I said. Well, I could be too, or it could be that the rights holder is misunderstanding because when you go to somebody and say hey i want to make a fan film they're probably thinking yeah you're gonna film this in your backyard and it's gonna be this really hokey thing on youtube and yeah whatever we don't care and it's a hokey thing we'll get promotion from it and it's not gonna interfere with anything right because people clearly can tell the difference between your crappy fan film and and our star trek movies but when you're actually building sound stages and hiring people from the star trek show <laughs> to work on it that that definitely blurs the lines Mm-hmm. A little bit. So that's yeah, kudos them for being able to do as much as they did. I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool. But kind of on the same lines here was what you're running into with your uh, Mickey art. Oh, yeah. It kind of goes along with it. Kind but of. It wasn't anything about you getting shut down, though. No, I didn't get shut down. I actually, th- this is interesting. I'm still going back and forth. Uh, several months, I mean, several months ago, I created a piece of uh, uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, Mickey Mouse fan art. It was a mashup of Kylo Ren, Mickey well, Mouse, was, and Kingdom it was, Hearts. It was a purpose. It was it was meant to be a tryout piece. It was a tryout piece for IDW because I was doing uh, Disney covers for IDW, and it was never meant to be sold. It was never you know. In it, I just, I put it on my blog. Didn't think anything of it. Thought it was kind of cool. Got some hits off it. Whatever. Moved on, and uh, I just reposted the art a couple of or about a month ago. And Force Awakens came out because I'm like, oh yeah, now's a good time to. to bring this up again with the movie coming out and I'm looking at our Amazon links on our page and there's my artwork on uh, t-shirts on mugs on, on uh, uh, was it a shower, shower curtain, curtain. Actually, a shower I curtain. Want that shower curtain <laughs> and, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's like maybe Amazon's got something where they can like take the images from your blog and stick them on. I'm like, okay, let's check this out. No, apparently someone in China had stolen my Mickey art Thought it was legitimate art. Yes, that was like a compliment because all yeah. the other pieces that they stole were legitimate. They were art. all official. They were all official Disney art, but they stole the art and they're making bootleg Mickey merchandise with my my fan I art. I do want the shower curtain. But I, think, but I want to buy it, but I think that sends the wrong message. It does. It's like we're, we're supporting piracy. It got a five star rating though. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the art was great. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, it's just. But he had to fight to get him to take that one down. As soon as he took that one down, another seller yeah. miraculously appeared from yeah. India or China or wherever. They're they're from China. They they took the one posting uh, one listing down. Amazon took it down, and then um, their we mass. Go around around with them to prove. Oh yeah, to prove it was actually ours. And I, I'm like, well, I shouldn't have to prove it's mine. It's it's Disney, Disney owns the character, and this was never meant to be sold. And uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But they, they didn't see it that way, and and uh, so I had to prove that it was mine or whatever. And then yeah, they took that listing down, and now there's another listing from another dubious seller in China. Mm-hmm. You know, this so. isn't the first time it's happened either. They stole your Darkwing Duck stuff and put on watches from like India or something before. Yeah, that, and that was on eBay. They were on eBay, and again, I was, it was the only one that was official art. So it's kind of funny. But the point, my point, I'm trying to make is, you know, it's just to hear again, you know, not just crowdfunding. It's just these people are just can think they can just take whatever, yeah. and profit from it. 
And yeah. you can't do that. And we're not talking like artist alley where you're making like commissions and one offs and maybe you're selling a few prints. You know, I don't think they really care too much about that. No, no, not that, yet. Well, not yet. But I think I think where it kinda of gets sticky is with the uh the mass produced stuff because I know it was either San Diego or New York. There were artists and the lines were blurred because I think these people were actually working for Marvel or DC. And then they were, they were actually printing their own sketchbooks like mass produced stuff with Marvel and DC characters just because they were freelancing for Marvel and DC and selling those and Marvel. And I don't remember the specific, I want to think it was a, like a kid's alphabet book or something with, the Marvel characters, but Marvel basically said, yeah, we like this. We won't sue you. We're just taking it because it's our stuff. And there was a big, you know, uh, fiasco over that online. But the reality is at the end of the day, if you don't own the stuff, you really don't have any right to it. And they can say legally, they can say, stop it. And they can push it and be like, we want damages too. You wonder how people get away with it because in the past on Kickstarter, I've seen things people were doing stuff that was Nintendo Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen, uh, well, we had a couple of the comics we're not going to name that was completely all Nintendo ripoffs. And then they had... Um, well, they actually, I mean, you know, some of the comics that, that were using the Nintendo, and the, the one's defunct now. It's, it's not even updating anymore. But the one comic I'm thinking of, I mean, it wasn't just that it was a Nintendo comic. They actually had a Kickstarter for the comic to, to sell books with Nintendo characters. And then they were actually... I believe they're selling plushies of, of actual yeah, Nintendo say, characters on their had, site. I know they had different Kickstarters where they actually were taking characters from things that existed and making plushies of them. And um, now a couple mass of them, producing, so it wasn't like it was a hint. one. We got our son. They had licensing agreements. Yeah, so it was yeah. okay because I've actually seen them at conventions and stuff, mm-hmm. and they were official. But um, other people were selling non-official things. And some of them got through, and I wondered how that happened. Well, I I think just at the beginning with Kickstarter, I think they were a little lax about it. And I think Nintendo, um, for the most part, was one of the more lenient IP holders. Mm -hmm. They They were. Well, yes and no. They they were for the longest time. But now, again, you have a change in the guard because I know... That's true. They just redid everything. Right. People were complaining about uh, YouTube videos, Let's Play videos... There were a lot of people that were doing these, uh, you know, gameplay videos of Mario games and whatever. And then um, Nintendo stepped in and said, look, you know, if you're going to post these videos, uh, we're going to make money off them. So they started monetizing the videos themselves. And they but put you their, don't get any money for you it. You don't get any money for it. So there were people that, like, their entire living was based on, which, again, that's, that's tricky. When you base your living on other people's stuff and you're, you're, they're, making, they're paying their rent by playing Nintendo I games. I, well, I think that's different, though, because you're not actually try, taking the Nintendo games and like trying to resell them and saying that you created it. It's different when you're playing a game that's put out there to play it and people are watching the video because they want to see, one, how to get through things. And two, they like this person like you and how you interact and yeah. the jokes you make. And then technically it's not, you know what I mean? They're, they're there for the, the, the Nintendo IP to watch the game. At first, and then it becomes more about the person making the video. Yeah. So that's a that's a tricky thing there. Because it's like too. Nintendo. I mean, does Nintendo have a right to monetize my voice or whatever if I'm I'm playing the game? Yeah, you know, yeah, and that you did that could what? be tricky. I think people could fight that actually. It might yeah. win. But in this case, I mean, back to the crowdfunding. Uh, apparently, there's there comes a time where there's a certain line that I guess there's whatever be a you know five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, a million, whatever it is. That when it starts to get too much attention, it's starting to make too much money, and it looks it looks comparable to what they're putting out and professional. There's a problem. 
Yeah, because I mean, I don't think anybody would be dumb. I mean, hopefully, people won't be stupid enough to, you know, with comics to go and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, publish my own Spider-Man comic book and take it to conventions." And you know, I hope Marvel's okay with that. <laughs> I don't think they're, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine with it. It's all good. They'll be okay with it. Gonna, I, ta- I, I talked first, got a million bucks. Yeah, I talked to a guy. I talked to one of the editors. He thought it was cool, so that means I've got the legal right to to go. Yeah, you, do you guys have in writing know? from you know, yeah. you've got a legal agreement that between you and this other person through lawyers. I don't think that you really have like yeah, a stand and they're on. they're not going to give you that. I mean, I think this whatever approval they had. I mean, I'd have to read the article more. I think whatever approval they have is probably was, a verbal. It, it wasn't like or an email writing, like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool," or "Yeah, you can do a fan film." And again, but I think it, that they were thinking they were thinking like you said, it was something that wasn't going to look like this, like the real deal. Yeah, they were thinking, yeah. okay, you know, you'll you'll get you'll you'll go on Kickstarter, you'll get a few hundred dollars. And you could do this little thing in your backyard. They weren't expecting them to get do three crowdfunding campaigns to get over a million dollars, right? And set up a soundstage, get their and own, else. develop their own studio to to make films that go that aren't sanctioned by them. Yeah, I mean, they went and bought they went and got their own studio name and bought a uh, made up a soundstage. I mean, which they would need, obviously, but I mean. What they think was going to happen? You know? uh, yeah, I, I, I again, that's just that, that's that danger of. You know, playing in other people's sandboxes and and well, that cat poop because you know sandboxes. Well, yeah, are <laughs> it's just and, and that's you know, and I, I look at you know, we go to conventions and I look at all these folks in Artist Alley. Hey, we do it. I mean, well, I do it. Yeah, but I mean, but we also do our own stuff. Oh too. yeah, I make my own. And you know, there are people that do nothing but you know, pinups of other people's IP, and I'm like, at some point, the companies, and I think the day's coming very soon. I think there's been so much attention. Um, you know, there's so much money changing hands in Artist Alley these days that I think, you know, especially a company like Disney who owns like half of your childhood at this Pretty point. Soon they're gonna own you know, <laughs> so I, I mean, I can see them just being like, yeah, you're not because they have like Hasbro. They put the the kibosh on on uh, third party well, Transformers. Was, well, not just that. There was a girl who was doing pony plushies and I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of other pony plushy people too, and they are fine. But this one woman, they, they went after good. specifically. Yeah, she was too good, and they went after her specifically. Well, she's making and a lot of money. I guess she was selling these things for like hundreds of dollars. So are a lot of people. Have you, have you yeah. been on there? There's people nah, selling them three hundred dollars. Don't buy pony plushies. You know, big ones for like several hundred dollars, and they're still there doing them. But they're allowed to do it. But she got targeted. So I mean, geez, when we back before we did comics, you did a little like a a, a drawing for a T-shirt on Cafe Press. Remember? And it was, oh yeah, and it I was funny. It was, it was kind of like Mellow Pony, but it wasn't. They had no symbols on it, like the ponies did. And the drawing kind of was like, it was. It, it looked kind of like deformed ponies. Well, no, it was. It was. I'll tell you what. What I happened? Know what that. happened? Yeah. Well, what happened was it was a, kind of a chibified pony because we didn't want to do the actual My Little Ponies. Well, like two years later, here comes Friendship is Magic, and the no, pony- it wasn't Friendship is Magic. It was the G threes. Oh, the G3s. Okay, whatever it was. The, the they pon- had the little chibi ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, where they changed the design of them. And they, they made before them smaller, the, right? Yeah. Before French was magic, yes. Yeah. And they looked very much like your drawings, but your drawings were way before. And then they had a problem with it. But they were probably, well, yeah. And then as soon as they were like, oh, this looks too similar to the real deal. And the now problem we're- was, I don't see how they got away with that because you didn't even have symbols on them and stuff that they could have got. In, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, I think you could have fought that I one. think. I think, well, Cafe Press especially, they seem very terrified of any kind of legal... Well, then you they're know. in the wrong business. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, but that's what we're going to talk about with this because it's a really, you know, fine line, I mm-hmm. guess. Is it a money thing? Is it it's, a. It's a money thing. It's a brand thing. And I think, again, 
I mean, at the end of the day, you run the risk of, of this happening anytime you mess with other people's stuff. I mean, I'm torn. I mean, part of me feels really bad because they did such a good job and the stuff looks great. But another part of me is like, I don't know what you expected to happen, but because you don't own it. So yeah. I guess I'm just, you know, I, 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 mean, I, I feel for both sides. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't we couldn't go out there and raise, you know, 50 million dollars and go make a Star Wars fan film. <gasps> Dang, that was what I was going to do this summer. So. I was going to make a Star Wars fan film. I'm not, I'm, I'm refraining from what I'm thinking, but yeah, Ooh, we'll do it kind right. Of, no, what kind of film? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It's like that, that Batman, out. that Batman film that they had. I'm not cutting that out. It's fun. No. <laughs> the, the, the one Batman porno or whatever that they made. Wait, what? They made a, like years ago, they made like a Batman porno or something. And it was like, I don't know if DC put a stop to it or what, but it was like, seriously. Yeah. See, I don't watch porn. I didn't watch. It was on the comic book news sites. They talked about how they were doing this. They said the production values were like as good as a Batman movie, like a real Batman movie. Well, but with more money. with more junk on the screen, you know. What's what defines that? No, <laughs> Lots of batarangs. A lot of batarangs. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's interesting. Uh, not surprising. And Kickstarter, I think, has been a lot more um, leery about. This yeah, there seemed to be more. Well, the Kickstarter didn't stop it. Neither Kickstarter Indiegogo stopped this stuff. It was all after the campaigns were concluded, and it was like looking like it was fine. People were reporting that mm. they were working on it. They had everything set up, and then on Christmas, boom, yeah. they. Which I still want to know what courthouse is open on Christmas that you can get an injunction on Christmas Day. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I still am like what because most you know that stuff's all closed on Christmas, but somehow yeah. they managed to get an injunction on Christmas. Well, I think yes, yeah, just Christmas. To you. Yeah, I, I just well, yeah, Kickstarter doesn't really get too involved with with any of this stuff unless somebody complains. And a lot of it just I think it flies under the radar until, like you said, it gets too big and it's too much attention. And so. then it makes you wonder what else is going to start getting hit. But I mean, if you're basically if you're thinking of crowdfunding some gigantic, you know, IP based something, you might want to reconsider it because yeah. they're cracking down on this stuff. Yeah. So. um yeah, I don't even know where to, to go from here. I think just just be careful. I mean, anything that you do. I mean, if you're going to start some fan comic of of some established IP or or uh, you know even pinups, just be aware that you know at any point in time the rights holder could tell you yeah, to no, stop. Artist it. Alley, I'm on the Artist Alley International board, and they talk about it on there. But there's a list they have going on of different uh, ip that are like no you and have people have gotten cease and desist based yeah on. no funimation's really oh yeah they're cracking down you can't it, even yeah. mention the name of whatever the anime is on your product at all yeah um so there's actually lists out there you can probably look them up if you're if you're worried about it or whatever but um i think that you know the the best bet probably is to not do it yeah but what <laughs> happened is and I, I i i'm sure you've seen this too like, you know, years ago, you go to the, you know, convention, Comic-Con or whatever, mm. and the artist would be full of people that were selling their own books or their yeah. own, you know, indie stuff. And there was a lot of their own things. You didn't have like, people doing fan arts. It was a lot of their own stuff. But then because of the movies and stuff being more popular and it being more of a pop culture thing, then people started switching over to doing all the fan art. And people were originally like, well, I'm just going to do the fan art, a couple pieces. I'm not going to sell them. Just people come to my table to look at my drawing, and then I can hit them with my books. And then that became, well, that's not working, and I have to make my money back for being here, so I'm just going to sell pinups. And you can, now you go to the conventions, and it's nothing but walls of pinups. Yeah, and some of those pinups aren't even legit. Like, they're actually other stolen. people's artwork. Yeah, That keeps happening a lot. People keep getting their stuff stolen, 
And or we were just seeing that one a thing the other day where this one person was the guy was actually on camera talking about how he came up with this idea. Oh yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was the, these art pieces, and they're like, "Oh, what a great idea!" And it turned out he actually just ripped them off of somebody else exactly. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, with with you know uh, all the artwork being available online, it's so easy to steal it. I mean, that's what happened with that Mickey Mouse piece. It was like it, I, I had online. It wasn't even that high of a resolution. Uh, image, but they, they made it work. They made it work, and I know people. A lot of people have been talking in Artist Alley too that they have to put signs up or they have to put things on their prints because people are going through their print book and they'll just right in front of them take a picture of the print and put it yeah. on their phone instead of buying the print. Yeah, people are coming up to them, looking in through, flipping through their album, and then taking a picture of their phone and then saying thanks and walking away. Yeah, they're just like they'll get themselves, you know, make themselves a, a, a wallpaper or something for well, their- even with the pillows. I do. We're having. I'm having trouble. I've had a lady that's like 20 minutes from my house who's been taking my stuff, and you mm-hmm. know, um, that's uh, and when I confronted her, I'm the rude one. And then <laughs> um, uh, there's another person at a convention that we go to that's been a couple conventions, same as us. And then suddenly they have similar designs to my pillows too. And they can argue the one because the one design I have, there's a lot of people who do something similar. Yeah. But the other design I have, I have, a, I have, a, I made that design and nobody else had that. I checked before I did it. I'm the only person I've ever seen do it. And now look, oh look, they have the exact same design. They go to the exact same show as me. Yeah, I think, um, I think with the, it's almost like I mean I hate to say because this isn't the case of everybody in Artist Alley, but it's almost like the the menta- the fan mentality is I like it, I own it. I, don't I can know. I can do whatever I want because I like it. Well, it's a fan mentality, know? the mentality that the people in Artist Alley sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not everybody. Most people are awesome. Yeah. And most people do their own stuff. I'm not talking about those people. But, um, well, it's just interesting because when we did Baltimore, uh, just like, what, three years ago? Was that three years ago? That was, yeah, it's been at least three years. We came and we had nothing that was anything but our own stuff. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. all our own IP. And we did fine. We did, um, we did really well, yeah. We did fine with it. And it was not a problem. But I can understand why people started out doing other things because you're trying people to the table to look at your stuff. But when your stuff isn't selling, you have to recoup your costs somehow. Yeah, it's like, oh, my stuff's, not, going up. my stuff's not selling. Let's just throw out a Doctor Who pinup or something. And people would take yeah. a chance on things. They'd be like, oh, that looks good. I'm going to buy it because I'm going to take a chance on something new. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, if it's not an IP character, they don't want it. Yeah. It's I like mean, they're, they're the, 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 yeah. I mean, people... I mean, we—that's that, a whole other podcast about the changing convention. I think we talked about that. And yeah, no, I'm just saying. I think that's why people—people people are like, why people do that? And I think the reason they do it at all is because well, you have to recoup your costs somehow. And yeah, when these tables are costing several hundred dollars a piece, and you know what's going to sell is the Deadpool pinup, you know, right? <laughs> that you'll move a bunch of Deadpool pinups. Right. Yeah, the temptation is there to to, you know. You gotta do, do what you gotta so, do, yeah, and yeah. but I'm wondering what's gonna happen when they do put the kibosh on it. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, they're starting to put the kibosh on the crowdfunding stuff. It's only a matter of time that they start saying no. Yeah, and they've already there. There have already been some some lawsuits against uh, even you know formal for, former Marvel employees. Uh, you know, the, the guy with Ghost Rider, he was selling prints and what, and Marvel sued him for like seventeen thousand. This is years ago. I forget mm. the details, but but it, it's going to happen. I mean, I, I know people who working and around artist alley especially the bigger shows like san diego and new york it's going to happen it's it's they're they're gonna put the hammer down here pretty soon yeah i think it's coming we've heard some different things that people work with like one of the big companies we were mentioning and it it is definitely coming yeah so the best advice i think we could give anybody at this point is you know yeah if you're gonna do the pinups that's cool but you better be working on your own stuff yeah (laughs) anytime you can be told to stop yeah 
Yeah. And so. then if you're told to stop, no big deal. Just stop doing it and do your own stuff. But, you know, I mean, don't go try to do a Kickstarter for a million dollars for a uh, Star Trek film. No. Nope. Not smart. So, uh, I don't know. Are we done with this one? I think we're done with this one. We're done. We're now done. you can tell us if we're right or wrong. and uh, We're always right. We just I'm right. always right. <laughs> She's always right. I'm always wrong. I mean, get it right, Tom. See, you're wrong again. Uh, okay. So, uh, check out our comic, which is original IP, at shadowbinders.com. Yeah. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Uh,